Thank you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living Seattle. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information about our center, or if you wish to make a donation, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. All right. Well, like I said, welcome, everybody. We are exploring week week seven in The Power of Decision by Raymond Charles Barker. Uh, and just so you know, we are recording this because I am going to be giving a podcast um, or we're going to be delivering this as a podcast and various uh, formats after the series is over. So just my section is recorded. Nothing else is recorded. So anyway, back to The Power of Decision by Raymond Charles Barker. Chapter 7, Decide to be Creative. The first thing I wanted to let you know that I love about this chapter is this idea that you are the receiver of ideas from spirit. Raymond Charles Barker said, all prayer and spiritual treatment is for the purpose of mental clarification, which diminishes congestion and allows heaven to appear on your earth. This is why your consciousness is the determining factor of your experience. It lets new ideas flow through or it rejects them because of its own congestion. So recognize that you are the receiver of ideas for the purpose of loosing them into form. And just thinking about that, my question to you is, are you willing to be open to receive the ideas that you were meant to have? And I love that in this chapter, he talks about the symbol of the hourglass. The upper section symbolizes the infinitude of consciousness with all its ideas. And the lower section symbolizes the world or cosmos of form and shape, namely material existence. Your consciousness is that filter through through point where ideas flow from above, flow down into the world below. I have a little picture in the PowerPoint. We can go into the next one, yeah. So again, imagine that hourglass. who you are is right in that middle section. That's your consciousness. Now, all of the ideas, all of the potentials, all of the brilliance of the universe is available to flow through you. And then your consciousness is, is what allows it to open and for you to be the fruition, for you to be the manifestation of those ideas. So as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, how, how is my filter? How, how, how have I potentially had thoughts that could actually congest, be congestive to this idea? And so I'm, I'd like to ask you that question. Have you allowed maybe fear or worry or other negative thinking to behave like silt and, and actually collect, collect down? So imagine like a river and a river kind of brings silt down. And if, if the silt, if too much silt comes down and you're a person on a boat, then it actually comes to the place where it lifts, it, it lifts up so that the, the river is unable to be navigated. And that's kind of what happens with us, with our worry, with our fears, with our uh, counter, our doubts in, in the universe, right? It, it allows 
each and every one of us to be like that silt and it, it stops the ideas from flowing through us. If the ideas are like the boat, right? And they can be completely stopped. So what, what do we have to do? Like if, if maybe, maybe you are the place, maybe you're thinking, I'm not creative. First of all, that thought of I'm not creative is one of those thoughts that's like the, the silt or the, the, the ideas that actually preventing you from tapping into the creativity that you actually are. So everybody in this universe is creative. We were all intended to be creative beings. So you're the one who has to dredge up the silt and you're the one who has to change your mind or shift your consciousness or, or clear it out in order to make it available and welcome for new ideas and creative ideas to come into being. Raymond Charles Barker said that ideas stand at the filtering point of your consciousness, waiting, just waiting for your clarity in order to function in your consciousness and thereby appear in your world. The only obstruction is negative thought and emotion. That is all. By knowing that truth, you can set yourself free. So congestion is untruth. Truth is ideas, creative flow, energy, creativity. That's your truth. The congestion that's in there is untruth. So contained within you is all power, all intelligence and the potential of all right action. The source of all ideas is never congested. Whatever you call that, if you call it God, if you call it Buddha, if you call it Jesus, it doesn't matter to me, you might call it Allah, but that infinite source is never congested. And it has infinite patience. It's like just going to sit in that hourglass, like there's something stuck in that little hourglass. It's just going to, it's going to have all of these ideas and it's just going to sit there and wait for you. It's not going to push or shove or make things happen. It's just going to wait until you're ready. So one thing that it will do is it waits for the open mind through which it can, through which it can flow. So it's kind of like all of those ideas and all those creativity. I don't know if you've ever had like a great idea or, or you've been using your creative energy and it feels really good. Like, like there's an, an, a joy and an energy to it. We're destined, like that's, you know, you're in the flow, you know, you're in tune with the universe when you have that kind of energetic feeling. And if you're not having that energetic feeling, then, then, there's a sense of lack or, or limitation or not feeling good. So that sense of good, blissful experience is actually what they would describe as heaven, right? And when you're in the flow of these creative juices, then you're actually experiencing heaven on earth. So there's a way that you can cleanse your mind of fear, worry, and negative thoughts. And I want to affirm that for all of you. So Again, questioning, how is your filter? Have you allowed fear, worrying, other negative thinking to behave like silt? And if you have, this is what you do. Three, I have three suggestions for what you can do to make it easier for you to cleanse your mind of fear, worrying, and negative thoughts. The first thing is something we call affirmative prayer or spiritual mind treatment. Now that's something that we specifically teach here at Centers for Spiritual Living. Uh, and if you don't know about it, I encourage you to take a class. But basically it's 
utilizing prayer in a way that's not begging or beseeching, but is knowing your connection to the divine. And that's what affirmative prayer is. It's really allowing yourself to be tuned into the divine while you're praying. The second thing that I would recommend if you are noticing, right? This is all about you. If you're noticing that you have fear, worry, or negative thoughts, the second thing you can do is you can change your body language. And you, I have a, a slide if you want to advance this, the slide here for this. If you change your body language, it will change your whole way of being. That's one thing. If you're noticing that you're in a space where you're frowning or perhaps you're you're kind of hunched over, right? Or you're noticing that you have your, your arms crossed, right? This is a way that can kind of perpetuate. It's first of all, it's a reflection of your, of your thinking. And, and second of all, it can perpetuate and allow you to go downhill in a well, in a way that doesn't support you. So, so really, if you notice, wow, I'm worrying. I notice right now, oh, I have a worry. How, what is, what is, what is my body doing? Right. A lot of people, they, I forgot what program I was watching, but there was this program where they were talking about um, these specialists who could identify when people were lying and it was completely written in their body language. And so I kind of, uh, I forgot the name of this lady, but I obsessively watched her YouTube videos for a little while, but she was basically talking about how when somebody is lying, their, their body language reflects it. Well, it's the same thing whenever, whenever we're upset or sad or, or having thinking that's not supporting us, our body language reflects that. And you can actually help shift your own insides by shifting your outsides. Like everybody, you can do a fake smile right now. Like just do a little fake smile, right? Now, even if it's a fake smile, there's something in your, your, your brain that's, that's tuned in that's like, oh, they're smiling. There's some goodness happening. Even if you're fake smiling, it's amazing. So, so shifting your body to, to allowing yourself to feel like you might notice, oh, I'm hunched over. I'm going to, I'm going to straighten up. Oh, I'm, I'm noticing that my, my arms are crossed. I'm going to just, I'm going to actually literally open my body up so that I can feel, you know, my, my openness to the world. And so that's something that can help shift your mind of worry, fear, and negative thoughts is, is literally changing your body. The third thing that I recommend that you do is you reboot with meditation. I don't know about you, but I have one of those little monkey minds that like goes like a thousand miles per hour. <laughs> and I'm just thinking about all the amazing things that are going on, or if something is complicated or, or challenging or difficult, then I'm trying to think of all the, the solutions and, and maybe we'll all go to bed. And I'm just like thinking about all that, all, my mind wants to take over sometimes. And when my mind wants to take over, I know that a, a minute of meditation can completely shift me. I like to use Insight Timer. I'm, I love that app. If you, if you haven't used Insight Timer, you can find meditations on there that are literally a minute long and just go into Insight Timer and then 
something shifts me because I rebooted myself. I actually took my mind off of what I was thinking about, put, centered my mind on something else. And it, it allowed me to, to reboot and shift my attention to a new place. So that's what I recommend. If you, as you're a receiver of ideas from spirit and you're noticing that you are having kind of a blockage and you're noticing in your life, like, wow, I'm just not feeling creative. I don't have any ideas about this. Well, these are, these are three things that you can do to, to kind of shift your mind off that blockage. The second point that he had in the book that I really appreciated this week is the idea that you are not average. I don't know how many people I've, I've counseled or talked with who think that like they're, you know, they're not smart, they're not creative, they're, you know, there's, there's a lot of, um, or, or I'm just average at this, and there really is no average. Really, like there's, everything is amazing. Every single person on this planet is spectacularly brilliant and beautiful. Raymond Charles Barker said that the infinite did not create you to be the average person. You're more than what your five senses report that you are. And he has this example in the book, which I really appreciated. He says, go to a nearby public park. And I encourage you to do this this week. Just get out, go to the public park and look at one of the trees. Now, do you feel like when you're looking at a tree that it's average? Like every single tree that I look at is like unique and different and and special and beautiful. And the way the branches all go are completely different. And the way the moss grows on them is really unique for me. And so if, if trees, if not a single tree is average, like you can't say this is an average tree, right? Then perhaps us, each and every one of us, us human beings is like a total unique self-expression of the divine. And can we get to that place where we recognize that that beauty that's out there is the same beauty that's in here and, and in our communities and in the grocery store when we go to the grocery store? You know, it's like, I really like to think of, of flowers. I'm a big flower person. I, you know, roses and orchids are my favorite flowers. And I just think about like, how many different roses are there? Or how many different orchids are there? And each one is so beautiful and special. And they exist just to be beauty. And what if we exist just to be that individualized expression that we came here to be on this planet? And, and each one of us has our own unique, you know, scent and flavor. And like one flower, I'm not like, wow, this rose is so much better than that rose. I'm like, all the roses are beautiful. <laughs> like they're just beautiful. So I... I love this quote that I found by um, Cecil Beaton. It might be Cecil, I don't know actually how to pronounce her name, but she said, be daring, be different, be impractical, be anything that will assert integrity of purchase, purpose and imaginative vision against the play it safers, the creatures of the commonplace, the slaves of the ordinary. Basically in this quote, she's saying, be yourself be the original masterpiece that the divine created you to be. When I was, when I was researching about these kind of points, I like to, 
to bring in, I know some of you are reading this book and some of you are not, but I like to bring in examples that are different than what the book says. And one of the books, uh, one of the things I was thinking about for this is Einstein. Now, I don't know if any of you know Einstein's history, but uh, when he was really young, his parents worried that he had a learning disability. And because um, he was super slow in learning how to do things. He was slow in learning how to talk. He was slow in a lot of areas. Um, he avoided other children. He didn't communicate very well. And um, while he, when he started school, originally he started doing really well. He ended up not doing well in school because it was too boring for him. It was too rote. So he ended up uh, dropping out of school. <laughs> and then he went to, he wanted to take an entrance exam to a polytechnic school and um, he flunked. So I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but um, I think Einstein's pretty amazing. Now, imagine all of the school children or his parents or other people that were observing this, you know, they're like, oh, well, he flunked out of school. I mean, maybe you're somebody who flunked out of school. Uh, and maybe you think that that defines who you are. But Einstein was a brilliant genius in ways that the school was not his genius. So each and every one of us have our genius to express in the world. And just because, you know, my genius isn't Einstein genius or, or, or Betty's or Al's or Jeff's or Marianne's, right? It, it doesn't mean that you weren't placed here in this planet and this, in this life suit to have your own genius ex expressed. And so when you accept that you're average, you're playing down the amazingness that you were created to be. So just like Einstein, you have a place that is your zone of genius. And um, if you haven't found it yet, then it's an opportunity to go back to that first point and use those tools to tune in and to be available to, to listen and to decide that you are going to find your zone of genius, right? Okay, so the third point in this chapter that I love is choose awake thinking. He said, awakened minds are not seeking to retreat, but to advance. Awake and thinking is spiritual thinking. It is using the conscious mind as it was created to be used, namely to explore ideas and decide upon ideas, right? So being awake is about exploring ideas and deciding on ideas. So. I'm wondering, perhaps you started this series because you wanted to make some decision, decisions in, this, in, this, in your life. Now, if you have chosen because of this series to decide on those very things, then know right now that your subconscious mind is already in action working on those decisions. Your job, as you've made these decisions, is to praise your subconscious mind. And do imagine it like a mother's womb. For instance, you planted the seed idea. 
the decision, right? This is what I choose. This is, this is, this is what I've decided upon. I have decided to be healthy, healthy, happy, vibrant, right? So I choose that and it's, it's a seed idea. And as I'm, as I've made that decision and I put out to the universe, this is what I've decided. Then the subconscious mind starts working on creating this into a real experience. And in order for you to, to, you know, create the, the, continue the nutrients of the womb, I should say, right? The womb of the subconscious mind that you need to keep your mind healthy and awake in order to foster those conditions in order for the idea to come to fruition. Now you're not necessarily know the how, but you do need to keep your mind and, and body in the space of knowing that these conditions are, are, are coming into being. So as I was thinking about this, I couldn't stop thinking about Fraggle Rock. Now I know that this is gonna, going to, um, uh, you know, place my age, but I was a child in the 80s and I love Fraggle Rock. I totally love Fraggle Rock. And the cool thing about the Fraggles is, so here's the Fraggles, right? And then they have the Doozers, right? The Doozers were these little construction guys. And what they did, so Fraggles were like really carefree. They spent like 30 minutes a week working. And the rest of the time they played they, they talk, they play, they have fun, they enjoy life. Now these doozers are basically these um, creators. And what they do is they create these structures within the Fraggle Rock kind of, I don't know, within their cave. And the cool thing about these little structures that they build is they're actually made of like ground up radishes, which is what Fraggles eat. I don't know if you knew this. I, I had to do a little research here, but but they, they're made of ground up radishes and they made them into these like sweet sticks. And so these kind of sweet radish sticks are what they built their constructions out of. And they just build to build and the fraggles eat them. They eat their constructions. So it's really great because it works really well for the fraggles because they want to um, they want to live and have a blissful life that's easy and effortless, right? And in order for them to do that, these doozers are working all the time, creating these structures, and the fraggles just like go up and eat them. They just keep eating them. And then the doozers create more of them, and then they eat more of them, and then they so it's like this process. So I was thinking that the doozers are kind of like our subconscious mind. Like the fraggles want to live a happy life, and the doozers are making it possible. So they're not, and the fraggles know, they're just like, oh yeah, there's gonna be food for me. I'm gonna eat this delicious structure that this guy built for me. And so they're happy and they're blissful and the doozers just do their job. It's a great relationship. And that's kind of like our subconscious mind is our subconscious mind is creating the structures in the background in order for us to have the experience. So they didn't have to create the structures, the fraggles didn't, but they did get the benefit of eating the structures because they're like, we can have food at any time we want. This makes our life really easy. Well, we don't have to go out and find it. These guys are already doing it for us. And that's kind of how our subconscious mind works. Is it's, it's doing the structure in the background on behalf of us so that that manifestation can happen in a way that's really easy. So 
when you are aware that the the construction is or is happening in the background then all you need to do is keep your mind tuned in to already knowing that fact so basically keeping your mind healthy and awake so that you can cultivate those tools those those cultivate those um i want to say the framework or the um the right conditions for the the idea to come into being so really your job isn't to force the idea to come into being your job is to create a healthy and awake mind which when you're doing that you create the conditions for the idea to come into being so question is do you have a healthy and awake mind this is how you know if you do number one you know what you want number two so you, right? You make the decision. You got to get clear on what you want. You decide on it. Then the second thing is, you know how to achieve it, even if it isn't you doing the work. So this is what I'm talking about. How to achieve it is by having a healthy and awake mind and listening to the impulse of spirit to work, to move forward. Right? So that's how to achieve it. But you have to, you have to keep the conditions fertile, right? So that's number three, is you use the tools and methods that work in achieving what you want. So as I'm knowing I want a healthy, easy life, uh, I use the tools and methods that I know help me achieve that truth. And that means that typically if I'm having a healthy life um, and I'm noticing, wow, I have a spare hour in the day and I keep claiming and knowing that I have a healthy life, maybe I can take this time to go on a walk. Maybe this time I can take this time to meditate. Maybe I can take this time to take action that is in alignment with this truth that I know I have been cultivating in my life. So the next thing is you recognize and know that your prayers, affirmations, and actions harm no, no one. So if you are praying for somebody to have a bad thing happen to them, then you are not, do not have a healthy and awake mind. The, the second to last thing is you're a blessing for others. And the last thing is that you give of yourself. You give service and ideas to those around you. So those are my three points that I really appreciated about this chapter that I wanted to share with you today. The first point is that you are the receiver of ideas from spirit. So to remember to cleanse your mind and allow the flow to occur. The second point is you are not average to remember to celebrate your uniqueness. And the third point is to choose awake thinking. And that is what I have for you this week. Thank you for joining me. I love you. And so it is.